Welcome to episode four of Small Moment, Big Impact. Today, I got a super, super special guest, my good friend, Mike from Fire and Brilliance, joining our show today. He's one that I highly respect in business, a family person, two beautiful children, wife, and a business that has just been flourishing and growing online in the e-commerce sector. So welcome to episode four of Small Moment, Big Impact. Today, I got a super, super special guest, my good friend, Mike from Fire and Brilliance, uh, joining our show today. Uh, he's one that I highly respect in business, a family person, two beautiful children, wife, and a business that has just been flourishing and growing online in the e-commerce sector. So welcome, Mike, to the show today. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Mike. Being Appreciate a part of the it. show. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get into a lot of good details today because everybody loves everything that's shiny and beautiful. And you get to be working in a space where you're looking at gems, diamonds, all sorts of just beauty every single day. How is that? It's good. I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, the jewelry business is just really exciting because it's like, you know, I, I say this all the time. It's an art, right? Yeah. So we're doing something new all the time. Uh, the pieces that we make most of the times are custom pieces. Wow. So, so when people come to us, they have an idea, something that inspires them, uh, they'll let us know exactly how, what they want. Uh, and, and we just make it. So it's really fun. I mean, I enjoy it, you know, and uh, it's really good to see how much a business has grown, yeah. uh, especially being strictly e-commerce only, right? Uh, so obviously there's a trend there, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so share uh, with me a little bit about your background, yeah. how you got into the jewelry business and just how that that was to to come about for you yeah you know it's it didn't start off uh as you know how people i mean i don't know how people envision things to happen but you know, yeah. in my head it's kind of like i went to school i, I you know I, I studied finance and then i was thinking okay i'm gonna work corporate for the rest of my life i did it for two years and i was like i'm not doing this anymore it's corporate finance like you know accounting and and stuff like that which was fun i mean i like it but it's not uh i couldn't see myself doing that every day you're dreading it yeah you know i was just like falling asleep at my desk and i was just like i yeah i can't do this and and basically the way i looked at it was um I usually try to reverse engineer a lot of stuff. I was looking at the older people in the office uh, that's been there for 30 years. So this is a company that I used to work for. It's like a medical device company. Mm -hmm. And then I just saw, you know, that they've been there for 30 years and they're still doing more of the same thing, but, you know, upper management level and stuff like that. And I just said, is that something, is that where I want to be in yeah. 30 years? And the answer was, hell no, right? <laughs> so, uh, and, and no offense to them. And, they, you know, obviously yeah. it's a good career, it's a good career path and all that, but I just couldn't see myself doing that every day. Um, so, um, you know, the back side of the story is that my, my dad, he's been in the jewelry, or he was in the jewelry business during that time for about 15 years already. Um, and uh, so I reached out to him. I just said, hey, um, you know, by the way, my parents are divorced, so he lives in like a different city or, and all yeah. that. So I reached out to him and I'm not really all that close to him. Uh -huh. And I just said, hey, you know, I know you're in the jewelry business. Like, what? how did you start? And, I, you know, he had kind of like saw him as like a mentor yeah. uh, to see if like, you know, he could kind of show me the ropes. What did you do? How did you get there? You know, and like kind of. Uh, do those type of things and then uh, so he did spend some time with me to teach me nice. uh, what it's like to be in the jewelry business and you got to rebond and reconnect yeah, yeah, together yeah. too you know I spent some time with him so when we first started our first business in 2010 it was with my sister and I uh, and then we were we were doing that uh, it was really good I mean you know we we I, it, you know, I mean, you probably know as well as I do, when you first start off a business, you don't know what you're doing. You're really just jumping into it with big ideas. And then eventually you go in through, uh, a you have to jump through a lot of hoops, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of um, pain. Yeah. <laughs> right? Challenges and, and Challenges hurdles. and yeah. heartaches, right? Uh, but anyway, long story short, my sister and I eventually um, decided to part ways in that business. And, and that's when I branched off and did Fire and Brilliance. What year was that? That was in 2013. Wow, so it's been yeah. six years now. Right. Uh, but I've been in the company. jewelry business since 2010. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So being in the business now for uh, a total of 10 years, 
How have you seen the changes and innovations and just like the the path that it's going on? Because uh, I, I know that you're in the business of e-commerce right. and that's changing rapidly all the time. We're totally. seeing all these companies shut down because e-commerce is growing so big. Yeah. And I know you're focused 100% on, on e-commerce now. How did you go about wanting to do that retail brick and mortar to transition over? Because that's that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, you know, my, um, you know when, I, when I first started this with my sister and I, it was, it was a brick and mortar. Okay. Uh, you know, so we were definitely doing it that way. Uh, but what I started to notice is uh, people would always come into the store to take a look at the item. And then they would leave and, you know, we'll follow up and stuff like that, but they wouldn't come back. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll take pictures, they'll do all that stuff. And I, I started seeing a trend. I started seeing my own my uh, my own buying habits, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, Fry's Electronics, that yes. used to be super popular, like, 10, 15 years ago. You'll go in there and it's like a zoo, right? Yes. Uh, there's always people in there buying new, the latest and greatest stuff. Now, if you go in there, I mean, it's like dead. I mean, yeah. the only people you'll see in there are the employees. And the reason being is because everyone's shopping online, right? Everyone's shopping online. And when they do go into a store, what they're basically doing is they just want to touch, feel, and see it. Yes. And then they're going online to find a better deal. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's happening, mm -hmm. but that's just the way of the world and it's yeah. evolving. You have to evolve with it, right? Yeah. So, uh, so the, when I saw that, and uh, eventually started firing brilliance. I decided that, hey, you know, I think that the best thing to do is to focus 100% of my energy on what's working, which mm -hmm. is e-commerce, right? Uh, a lot of people call it like the Amazon effect. I mean, all there these businesses go. right now are closing down because everyone's buying stuff through Amazon. Uh, but, uh, but then again, I mean, they wouldn't be as big as where they are if people aren't actually buying it, right? That's so uh, so it, it takes a consumer to buy for the business to grow, right? Correct. So. Uh, at the end of the day, what uh, I just thought that, okay, well, I have to say, follow the same business model. Uh, and the, the biggest thing, the biggest concern when we first started doing that was, uh, you know, people don't buy jewelry online. It's, it's scary, right? You're talking about thousands of dollars to yeah. tens of thousands of dollars for a piece of jewelry. That's true. Like, how do you trust someone to buy it online? So that was the biggest uh, concern when we first started. Uh, but how did you overcome that? It's it's branding. I mean, okay. it's it's marketing. It's uh, making sure that you build uh, a credible reputation because uh, there is a way to buy online as well. So people, you know, obviously aren't dumb. Uh, consumers they do their research before they spend money. Yeah. Uh, so you know they'll go online. They'll check their social media. They'll check uh, reviews, feedbacks. They'll check like you know they'll do research on the company. Uh, are they legitimate? Yeah. Uh, I mean these days if you're a company you don't have a social media page it's kind of weird, right? So yeah. they really want to know who they're working with. Especially if it's an e-commerce. Uh, yeah, you have to have uh, <laughs> so, a brand presence, have have, recognition, and credibility. Absolutely, absolutely. So that takes time and, and years to build. Um, so so that's how we overcame it. And uh, yeah, so I'm proud to say that, you know, at, at this point in our business, um, you know, I'm very proud to say that we have got to where we are. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we still definitely have a lot more to go. It's a process. It's yeah. a process. And you're always further developing your craft, too, at the same time. Because I follow you on social media. <laughs> and you're uh, at uh, you're in Las Vegas at GAA conventions mm -hmm. and other conventions all the time. Share with me um, uh, and our viewers, what type of inspirations do you draw from that? And then how do you go and apply it to your business to continue to have it growing? You know, the, it's funny that you brought that up. It's actually a really good question. Um, year over year, I go to a few jewelry trade shows. Uh -huh. and, and year over year, always seems to be more of the same, right? Okay. So every now and then, so I'll go with my wife. My wife's also my business partner. And she, we will talk about it. I'm like, hey, should we go this year? It's always the same thing. But we will always remind ourselves that for some reason, when we do go, we always end up meeting a new business partner. We always end up meeting a new vendor, a new Tech, piece of technology, a new idea that we can implement. Uh, so those, I mean, a, as much as um, we will question it when we go, because it's always the same vendors, always the same stuff. It's just that one piece of information, for some reason you run into that one person or you run into that one idea or, or that new piece of technology mm -hmm. changes and transforms the entire business, right? So, um, so to answer your question, yes, I think uh, you have to really put yourself out there and to learn uh, to, to, to constantly improve and make things better. Yeah. Uh, so because of these conventions that we do go to, we have made our business more productive, more efficient, more creative, 
uh, every single yeah. year. Yeah. And you get to uh, network with other successful Which is the most important part. business yeah. owners there. Because uh, even in our line of business in right. real estate, there's conventions, national conventions all over the place. Right. And um, that kind of resonate with what you had said is, it's when you go there, you see some of the standard traditional methods that people are doing, and you do meet that one, two or three people mm. who are doing things that uh, are giving them a competitive edge. Right. And you take that back and you don't necessarily do exactly what they're doing. You refine it to who your customer base is and how, mm. how you do it too as well. Right. right. Absolutely. And especially in the, the line of work that I'm in, even though uh, you know our, our business, Fire and Brilliance, is catered online for jewelry, uh, primarily what we're focused on is the lab-created gemstone okay. space as opposed to the natural gemstone space. So these conventions that I've been going to for the last 10 years, when we first started, I mean, the um, so the difference between lab created and, and naturals, well, obviously one is from the earth, the other one is man-made, right? So uh, when we were going to these conventions, I mean, there were barely any booths out there for, for labs, right? Okay. So this past event that I went last month, I mean, there's a whole section now of like 100 vendors in labs. So it's grown tremendously, yeah. right? So for, for me to see that growth is also uh, another reason why we do go to these conventions uh, because it's, it's definitely a growing space and we want to shake hands with Break that right down for, uh, yeah. for me. So I know the difference between lab and natural, uh, but what are the benefits of uh, buying just natural versus buying um, lab created sure. uh, for, for someone who's just listening in on us? That's a great question. So, um, so the, the basic understanding of what's lab versus naturals is one is coming from the earth, right? Okay. Uh, they do have to mine for it. They have to cut it and polish it before it goes into the jewelry store, right? Uh, the other one is man-made, so you could create it in a lab. So if uh, so, a lab ruby and a and a natural ruby, or a lab diamond and a natural diamond is made 100% of the same material, right? Uh, it's just that one is man-made and one isn't. Now the difference of pros and cons can be is debatable, right? Okay. So uh, people are we the, like that. <laughs> Whenever it's debatable, so, <laughs> it makes it for a more interesting conversation. Right. So, so like people that are into the uh, natural business are claiming that that you know that what you don't get from uh, the man-made uh, or lab-created gemstones is that it's not rare. Uh, it's not. It's not finite. Uh, it's not finite. Yeah. It's not. Uh, at the end of the day, you are not able to see it as a precious gem because you're not mining from the earth. Whereas people on the opposite end said, uh, says, you know, well, mining and hiring kids and doing all this stuff is actually highly unethical. Blood diamonds. Uh, blood diamonds yeah. and, and, you know, the work. So, again, uh, it's debatable, right? Yes. Uh, because there's also a story on both sides, right? Well, one side will say, well, if we don't supply those type of jobs, there wouldn't be any jobs anyway for yeah. those people, right? For But then on the opposite end, they're saying, well, why are we cutting down trees and doing all that stuff when we could actually make it now? It's a modern world. Why are we doing that? And on top of that, their markup is it's way more expensive than this side. So why aren't, so for people that are financially savvy, if you will, will also say that, well, at the end of the day, I would rather spend 10 times less buying a lab Take that money, buy a home, or you know, pay off my student loans, or or what what have you, right? Give Versus, me an example, yeah. Mike. For example, let's just say if we got a two carat uh -huh. um, natural diamond mm -hmm. that's the highest grade mm -hmm. per se. Everything on the C's are, are perfect. Mm -hmm. D would that diamond go up in value? Would it appreciate, or would it stay the same, or if not, lose value? That's a great question. So based on historical data, okay it has definitely gone up in value over time. Okay. Now, but that was never considering the fact that there's huge impact in the lab created space now. Okay. Because uh, it created a shortage in demand. Right, so now that people are diverting over, a lot of people are actually buying lab stones, the demand has gone down for naturals. So that's only going to be determined based, well, supply and demand, right? Yeah. So prices will go up depending on supply and demand. Now, that being said, it's, it's, it's very questionable at the moment. Okay. Very, very questionable whether or not the diamond will sustain its price, go down or go up. Yeah. Uh, now, that being said, there's a huge misconception in the jewelry business as well. You know, I, I really, hopefully, I, I don't offend your audience, but yeah. that's say like diamonds are rare. Yeah. It's actually not true. Diamonds are finite. Yeah. It's actually, that's actually a marketing 
Um, <laughs> it's a tactic. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a marketing tactic yeah. from the diamond industry for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely limited, yes. uh, but it's not rare. I mean, when I go to these conventions, there are diamonds all over. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of carats every single year they're producing of natural diamonds. I'm going with you on the yes. next convention. <laughs> I just want to look at all. I just want to hold <laughs> all of them in my hands. Just take a picture there. All right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, to say if uh, diamond prices will go up over time, I, I, I don't know. I don't, can't predict the future. If I could, yeah. that would be super wealthy, right? Yeah, same uh, thing but, like in real estate, right? If we had a yeah. crystal ball in real yeah. estate, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be on an island right. and I'd own the island. Yeah. Right? I, I wouldn't be the one yeah. just going there for a vacation. Right. I'd own the whole island. Right. So uh, very similar to, to real estate too. There's, a, there's an actualized appreciation on a year over year. However, there can be stints where, mm -hmm. um, you know, it hockey pucks, especially here in the Silicon Valley, right. we've seen so much growth. We, we don't go on the normal 3% yeah, on yeah. an annualized basis. Mm -hmm. So just, so on a lab created uh, side, when that is created itself, is there any specifications uh, to the lab created diamonds? Do they just go at the top tier or they still do very slightly inclusive and all those other things or is everything just a perfect diamond? There's definitely uh, grades, um, okay. so the, there's definitely clarity grades, color grades, and all of that. But typically, lab-created gemstones are, are on the higher end, yeah. only because it can be made uh, to the higher end. So they're typically, um, if you were to buy a lab-created gemstone, you're, you're definitely buying a higher-end uh, gemstone compared to the naturals. Got right? it. Uh, when it comes to naturals, since, uh, you know, nature is chaotic, mm -hmm. uh, and there's so much... Uh, um, I guess variety uh, okay. that when you do unearth a diamond, sometimes it could be super included, uh, where you know it may be very heavily included, and not look very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas lab created gemstones, they're making nice and clear, and co you know, colorless. And, yeah. right. So from the look of the naked eye, like if I were to look at two diamonds, mm -hmm. one that's lab created and one that's natural, and I'm not in the business, mm -hmm. would I be able to tell no. the difference? No. Wow. Yeah. How about for other I, jewelers? I, Jewelers, m many jewelers won't be able to tell. Unless you I would use say, the pen. I would say most jewelers won't be able to tell. Wow. So n most jewelers won't be able to tell unless they send it into a lab. Okay. Uh, so if they send it to a lab with you know very high tech equipment to mm -hmm. be able to detect the way it's grown, yeah. then they'll be able to detect it. Uh, so therefore, now uh, these lab created. Um, gemstones that are being created and graded uh there is a rule now where it has to inscribe that that's a lab diamond as opposed to uh, a natural diamond okay because then you know they i mean people can't tell it's it, I'm, I'm telling you it's like building two homes mm -hmm. calling one a lab and calling one you know a, a yeah. mind it's the same thing it's like it's the same exact chemical yeah. compound everything's the same yeah for yeah. us it would be uh, a very reputable builder versus right. a brand new builder, right. per se. Right. And they can have the same quality construction right. and all at the same time, but right. somebody has a stamp on it, kind right. of like a branding. Yeah. Uh, so now they're going to do that. They're going to include... Yeah, they already started doing that. Okay. So they, they inscribe the diamond. They'll, call it, they'll describe it as a lab okay. certified diamond. Uh, but that being said, there are, there are videos on YouTube where people have already conducted that type of experiment. Uh, they, they'll take a lab diamond to an actual jeweler and say, hey, would you buy this and how much would you buy it for? Uh, and some people will say, um, you know, give them a price and they'll say, would you ever buy a lab diamond? They're, oh no, lab diamonds are junk, they're worthless, they're not rare. Yeah. Uh, but then they took out that diamond who's willing to buy it. Gotcha! Thinking, <laughs> thinking it's a natural, right? So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a transition in the industry right now that's making a lot of people nervous. Yeah. Um, if you think about it, here's how it usually works. People that are in the jewelry business uh, typically have been in the business for many, many generations passed down, usually by families, right? So it's very rare when you see a big company like Tiffany's and, you know, those are the companies that most people know about. But most jewelry stores are mom and pop. Yes. Most jewelry stores will have like maybe at most 10 locations, but still the end of the day owned by a business owner yeah. uh, that's been passed down from their grandparents to from their grandparents and great grandparents and to the kids. So now the labs are introduced as a huge threat to their the way they, they've conducted business in their whole life. It's like a, their traditional yeah. bis business right. has exactly. now taken a 180 degree turn. Yeah. And are you seeing more of the traditional business methods? Are they 
uh, incorporating labs into their business or they're just saying, totally. no, absolutely not. I'm just going to work on my... They were saying that more or less for the last five to 10 years, but between this year and last year, uh, more and more companies are starting to jump on the bandwagon. Um, so very, actually very big companies, even um, the beers, the beers, the one who started, uh, you know, the whole slogan of uh, diamonds are forever. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, you know, everyone started buying diamonds. Yeah. Uh, but they even jumped into the lab diamonds creative space last year, too. Wow. Um, they invested like a 90, $90 million into a factory uh, to create lab diamonds. And and people in the industry. So when that happened, I was talking to my business partners and I was just saying, why do you think they're doing that? Because they're the biggest name right so just think about your you know the biggest realtor out there is you know De Beers is like the the, the statement of the the diamond business yeah. right so um so my business partners were last year i was asking like why would they do this they're yeah. in the lab they're they're jumping the lab creative space wouldn't a lot of people get really pissed off yeah and the simple answer to what everyone was thinking was oh what they're trying to do is they're gonna jump in they're going to devalue because uh, they have so much money, they're just going to make a whole bunch and uh, push the supply out into the market and devalue the price to sustain the natural prices, yeah. right? But when I looked further into it, I don't think that's the truth. I think that's what they're trying to make people think because no company would take out $90 million from their back pocket to invest into a factory if that's their plan. Yeah. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to position themselves just in case yeah. they need to actually diversify their portfolio. Definitely. Right? So, uh, so it's, it's a one smart thing, move. Yeah, it's yeah. one thing to say what you want to say yeah. to the public. It's another thing to actually think about the strategy behind it. Yeah. They're just they're just trying to make sure that they survive through this you know transition. Yeah, that's yeah. the rumor mill, right? right? Usually, when something is too good to be true, then somebody else jumps into it. But it's good that you see some of the pioneers right. of the business are getting into the space too, because mm -hmm. all competition is healthy competition mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so share with share with me just briefly, what the the difference in value of pricing? Is it a 10th? Is it a 25% difference from buying a natural diamond versus a lab created diamond? What, what's the what's the main difference in pricing for people? If they're looking into that sure it depends um, you know where you shop how you shop and who you shop with um, just like anything else um, branding does play a part so if you were to buy say a diamond at Tiffany's mm -hmm. for the same exact diamond if you were to go to a, your local mom-and-pop shop yep. uh, same exact diamond may be a lot more at Tiffany's right obviously because the brand is there and the, the credibility is there and so forth so but let's just say let's compare it apples to apples since your regular retail jewelry store and you're to buy a lab diamond versus a natural diamond of the same quality color carrot weight and all that shape and everything then you're going to save anywhere between 30 to 50 percent wow. so in other words if you're buying a fifty thousand dollar diamond you probably spend you know 30 25 to 30 wow it's lab so if um, somebody's looking to save for a wedding can actually go with a lab created uh diamond right. which is just as beautiful yeah and still be able to pay it's a portion of their wedding the same. Yeah, hundred percent the same. The only difference is one is man-made. Wow. Yeah. Are you seeing a trend in uh, age groups, demographics that are buying more of the labs? Are you seeing more uh, millennials, or is it just everybody in general that's uh, that's starting to purchase it? What's your clientele look like? It's um, definitely the majority are millennials. Okay. Uh, and younger. So so millennials are getting to the age group now where they are uh, getting married. Um, so they are way more open to the idea uh, than how it was when I first started, you know, 10 years ago and five years ago with Fire and Brilliance, right? Yep. So um, millennials, they just get it. And I mean, they, they do their research and they, they, they figure out if it's something that fits what they want and within their uh, core values and within their budget. And then if it makes sense, they'll do it. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, we've been experiencing many customers now that are in the older age group. So okay. even people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, they're way more accepting now. So we're getting phone calls in from a lot of people that, um, you know, that are in the older age group, and they're yeah. and they're they're very accepting of it, and they're just they love it. They love That's the awesome. Fact that there's another option. Yeah, it's yeah. It, they're they're actually going from that traditional method to something that's more modern and 
and innovative. And at the same time, everything is uh, on price too, mm -hmm. right? There, a lot of people are very price sensitive right. to things that they buy. And um, I, I follow your social channels. Mm -hmm. You do some amazing videos on explaining the differences. And I know some of your videos have like over 300,000 uh, views. Mm -hmm. How did you, um, what inspired you to do what you did with all these videos, educational, informative videos about your business and the gems and everything that you work on? You know, at the end of the day, I think um, if you're going to ask for people's business and you expect people to pay you for a product or service, you have to give them enough in return. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, especially in today's world, everyone wants transparency. So when, when people buy from us, I want them to feel like they're not buying just the ring, but they're buying the full experience and, and, feel, and feel as if they made the right decision. As opposed to, you know, in, in, in any business or in a lot of businesses uh, sometimes have a bad reputation, especially, you know, if you're in the car business or even the jewelry business, oh, are, are these guys, you know, you know, swindling me or are they telling yeah. me the truth or, so what, I, what we're doing here at Fire and Brilliance and, uh, is we're just trying to really educate people uh, and let them decide for themselves, right? So if, they, if it makes sense to them and they want to buy from us, great. If it makes sense to them but they don't want to buy from us, great. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not really for us, it's really for them. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I think they're smart enough to figure out what's best for them. And the whole idea is just make sure that they are educated before they make that purchasing decision. So that's the whole idea yeah. of the, our YouTube channel. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get to where uh, our business is at with that channel without the team behind yeah. us. All there I am is just a face, right? Yeah. So uh, with all the editing and the audio and the filming and all that, I mean, I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, and and uh, you have the opportunity to work with your wife mm -hmm. as your business partner. Right. Kind of share, uh, share with us uh, how that is because, you know, uh, in business, you are there every single day together and then uh, you take it home and everything. How do you find all that balance? Because I know it's not easy to run an organization, uh, you know, work and service customers, uh, employees, everything together. And you built this since, you know, uh, 2013 until now. It's about been six years. You've been in the business for 10 years now. How was that transition to go from working with um, your sister and uh, father, per se, and then now working with your wife uh, full time? Kind of go over your roles a little bit. Sure. And how you guys, you know, balance all that together? Yeah, you know, I, to to be honest with you, to, to keep it simple, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Okay. Um, so uh, I definitely married my partner, uh, someone that I truly trust and believe in. I feel like she's very capable of doing all the stuff that I I am not as strong in. She's always been really good at operations. She's always really good at you know thinking about how to make things more efficient. Mm -hmm. I've always been more of the marketing. Uh, the 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 person that's facing the customer, uh, that's helping the customer. So so in that regards, uh, we work very well together. I nice. wouldn't have it. I wouldn't do it any other way. That's awesome. Uh, especially when you are in the jewelry business and you handle a lot of uh, handle a lot of very expensive items. You want to know that you can trust yeah. uh, the person that you're working with. That being said, um, though, how do we manage it and how do we keep a balance? Um, I I. You know, to some people, that, you know, I don't, I don't even know what balance means, right? So it's just more or less like, what are you passionate about? What do you like, right? Uh, and and what we try to do is we just do what we like, and uh, if we enjoy it, then we're going to continue to do more of it. Um, sometimes I'll work. Uh, I mean, this year I, I'm taking a little easier because the kids are growing older, yeah. so I do want to spend some time with them and you know and all that. But, you know, sometimes last year and the year before, I mean, there are, there are days where I work 16-hour days, 18-hour days, and I wouldn't blink an eye because I don't, I don't think about it, you yeah. know. It's a process. Like, yeah. you're just constantly constantly trying to improve and improve and improve, and, and you have a goal, and you want to hit that goal, and you want to constantly just keep going at it. Uh, and she has the same mentality. Yeah. She has the same exact mentality. So you're, so. you're both yeah. just yeah. grinding the axe all yeah. day long right. to, to make things go. Um, so fast forward 
if you're going to look at Fire and Brilliance in the next five years, mm -hmm. how do you see yourself positioning uh, the company <clears throat> to continue to go at your rate? Because I know you're top five e-commerce company when it comes down to lab-created gems. And that is like big major kudos to get to that point in such a short amount of time. Well, I would say um, just to make sure that I, 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 you know, since we're on the record, uh, that uh, our goal a couple of years ago uh, is to definitely be in the position we, where we are today, uh, but it's nowhere near where I want it to be. Uh, and in the lab created space that I'm in, uh, primarily the, in, within the niche of the niche mm -hmm. uh, or niche, right, yeah. uh, is, a is a gemstone called Moissanite. Okay. Uh, so within that uh, space, I would say for e-commerce online, we are definitely probably top five at the moment, right? Uh, when we first started, it seemed like a thousand miles away, but I always knew that's where I wanted to hit. Here are the companies that we're gonna compare ourselves to, and one day people are going to either decide between us or them, right? Wow. So, and that, and then we're definitely, we, we've been there for the last two years. Or Love so, that. Right, so, so now where am I gonna be in the next five years? I want to make sure that we continue to follow this trajectory, uh, but obviously the, best way to do it is to make sure we constantly improve day in and day out, mm -hmm. uh, can constantly be more innovative, uh, and therefore it's extremely important that we always have to be on the know uh, of what's going on. The yeah, business. be knowledgeable and up to date with everything. So you said uh, we're moissanite. Mm -hmm. um, explain a little bit more what moissanite is. So moissanite is another lab-created gemstone. It's not. It's very uh, comparable to lab diamonds or natural diamonds because of the optical properties. Okay. Uh, they look very, very similar. The difference is that there's more fire and brilliance in moissanite than diamond, right? I like so, that wordplay yeah. there. There you go, fire and brilliance, <laughs> and, baby. Right. So, so then that being said, and the person that came up with that name was actually my wife. Oh, so. <laughs> she's she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's fire and brilliance in the gemstone. The optical properties are very nice. It's very popular. It's very affordable. It's only sec it's second hardest next to only diamond. So it's wow. even harder than most natural gemstones. It's harder than rubies, emeralds, sapphires, and all of that. I should have asked you to bring some uh, <laughs> onto the episodes today so I could hold it in my yeah. hand and take a look. Oh, totally. That's yeah, awesome. Um, I can, you know, I can always send you some yeah. to take a look at it if you don't want We'll to. stop by your yeah. office. Yeah. So we, we sell it, and um, and it's a really, really popular, popular gemstone. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's a company that created it uh, for and had held a patent for almost 20 years on it. Wow. So that means no one else could actually copy them or, or anything like that, right? So for 20 years, that patent expired about two years ago. And that's when we created our own line. It's called the Fab Moissanite line. Okay. Uh, so we launched that about two years ago. And then so now we have their line, our line, and a few other companies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Moissanite um, is it's just like another it will appear to look just like another i'm, I'm learning so much today yeah. from yeah, <laughs> this right. podcast yeah. Yeah, yeah so no yeah so it's a uh, it's a very um it's a, it's definitely some people uh, some people will call it a diamond alternative okay uh and other people will call it uh it's gemstone its own right because it looks very close to a diamond uh so they don't like to compare it to a diamond because they want to actually say that it's its own gemstone okay um However, it's very similar the way it looks. It's just more sparkly. So different categories. So mm -hmm. almost like diamond, ruby, moissanite. Right. In right. a sense. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay. Uh, so it's really, I mean, it's a really nice gemstone. Um, you could cut in multiple facets, multiple shapes, different carrot sizes, different colors. Uh, you know, clarity grades uh, are great. Uh, it's, it's really, really nice. I mean, people wear necklaces, earrings, uh, rings, pendants, um, you name it, people's done it. Really? And nowadays, I've seen people actually ice it out on Rolex watches and wow. stuff like that. Yeah, so it just depends what kind of jewelry you're into, right? Yeah, into so hip hop jewelry or or engagement jewelry, men's jewelry, women's jewelry, fashion, fashion jewelry. jewelry yeah. yeah, so nice. So, um, I know that being in the uh, jewelry business itself, it's not it's one that's highly competitive too. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing more and more companies? Uh, open up only for e-commerce because I know um, we we look at things on Etsy too and just all online. Uh, my shopping habits is I look at something, I look on Amazon mm -hmm. to see if I can get it cheaper, and then I'll look on Etsy to see if there is somebody that we resonate with right. uh, in terms of their story and why they're doing this type of thing, and then I'll we'll just figure out who I would want to deal with for what price right. itself. Are you seeing more and more e-commerce business that are jumping into your line of work now, nowadays? Absolutely. 
there uh, I feel as if there's a new company that is jumping into it every single day wow. uh, because the writing's on the wall uh-huh. um, you know it's it's one of those things where if it works it works you can't really deny what's working right mm-hmm. and um, so there's there's a two-part question because one is e-commerce the other one's lab created uh, so the people that are jumping into the business now uh, are jumping into e-commerce and then eventually if they do want lab then they're also picking up lab created so uh, when it comes to jewelry stores the brick and mortar Order stores, um, there has been a huge decline. People are going out of business. People are closing shop. Uh, the overhead is just too high. Uh, people don't want to pay the higher, um, I guess, prices uh, for uh, for the same pieces just to pay for someone's overhead, right? So um, that's that's the issue. And and for businesses that's been around for a while, it's unfortunate if they haven't adapted. Uh, to the way of the world sometimes uh, you know they're closing shop but, yeah uh, but there are new uh, businesses that are arriving and there are new businesses that are jumping into the industry which is really good I I love uh, competition because it yeah. makes everyone better yeah right so we're competitors uh, at yeah. the end of the day <laughs> you know and so uh, that being said yes uh, the what I've definitely recognized is that people that are starting jewelry businesses are typically uh, of a younger demographic that will typically open an e-commerce shop or something like that. They just get the whole internet space itself. Right. Uh, you said something um, earlier uh, about your team that you couldn't do anything without your your, your team there. Kind of break down a little bit, because uh, I know in the real estate uh, field, we, we have to work as a team. And even with our company, uh, although everybody is a solo agent and doing certain things, mm-hmm. we always come together collectively so, so we can reach our goal, our sales goal, or our clients, whatever it may be. Kind of share with me, because when you said the word team, mm-hmm. it completely resonated with me. Because we can't do anything. There's no I in team at all. Absolutely we always not. have to do something. And, to, uh, when we can do something together, we can do a lot more than we can do it by ourselves. So share with us a little bit about your team and how it's grown throughout the years and uh, where it's going to be. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I think about it because when I first started, uh, especially selling online, you have to do so much, right? So you have to take pictures, post it online, write a description, uh, and then a customer actually responds. You email them back, you sell them, and then they're interested, they'll buy it from you, then you create it, and then later on once the, the, the jewelry arrives, you package it and ship it. All right. So I used to do that all by myself. I was a one man shop. Right. Wow. And and now, uh, you know, with, a, you know, I have a media team, we have an operations team uh, and we have people taking care of our books and we also have people taking care of the customer service and sales side. Right. Um, so it's so like you yeah. essentially have five teams. Uh, more, more or less. Yeah. Around there. You know, if you really want to break it up into individual um uh, segments, if yep. you will. But that being said, it feels like, yes, and there is no I in team. Uh, there's a line people always use, you know, teamwork makes a dream work. And it's true uh, because, you know, Linda and I, Linda's my wife, she, you know, her husband. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, we'll talk about it sometimes and we'll say, well, you know, we invest X amount of dollars in a budget to hire new people. Um, the, the, the question is always, well, how productive can they be, right? Because uh, you know as well as I do, being a business owner, everything comes out of our own pocket unless we actually have a VC that, that, that uh, invested into yeah. us, right? So, uh, so we want to make sure that when we hire, we hire right. Uh, and especially if we're going to invest into the people that we invest into. Uh, but then I'll also tell her that, well, if you and I were to do it, we know for sure that both of us will put in 150%, but that's only two people doing the same job. Exactly. Uh, if we hire, you know, let's just say more people, and even if they're only going at 80%, uh, you could do the math. Eventually, it'll work out in your favor. Right. So from a financial perspective, it makes sense. Uh, But from a teamwork perspective, it absolutely makes sense, because if you have more people driving your vision and goals to that end result, the effort will always be there because there's more momentum. There's more people. There's more energy. There's more uh, action. There's more, you know, doing more results, Uh, more results. Right. So I. 
for sure. So if, you know, I find it very difficult to ever revert back to being a one man team, yeah. uh, only because I will. I don't think I could do that again. Yeah. It's just too much, right? So especially once you've already you know grown your business to a certain level, uh, you definitely know for sure you can't do it on your own. Yeah, uh, ever. So. And it, it seems like um, anything in business is we go out and we seek to build a business worth owning. Right. But at the end of the day, it's all about helping to build the people right. who are within our organization. Right. It's like similarly to you is we have so many individuals that work within our organization. But if we help to continually build them and help them grow in our business, mm -hmm. the whole entire business just starts to grow astronomically to where absolutely it would, the, our vision seemed a little bit too small now that they're all reaching their potential right. and they're continuing to grow it to new heights. I so, love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. And, you know, at least at Fire and Brilliance, I have an open door policy and I let everyone know that I, I love ideas uh, because uh, I can't be just dependent on my own to come mm -hmm. up with all the ideas. Uh, if we collectively would get everyone to come up with their ideas, whether or not we decide to go with that idea or not, uh, that's not the point. The point is, give me more ideas, give us more ideas so we can continue to be more innovative and creative. Yeah. So to your point, yes, there are people that has entered my office and say, hey, won't we do this or won't we do that? And I just love it because they've grown to their potential. Right. Uh, they've grown to the point in their position where they feel confident enough to say, hey, I've recognized that this is an issue or, or and here's the solution, what do you think? And and by doing that, it really, it, be, it becomes a business on its own where you know eventually the goal of a business is the founder should not need to be there anymore. And if the business can run on its own without the founder, then that means you've built a real business yeah. because it's an, it's a, its own organization already. Everyone has their own roles and agenda and, and everyone's doing the things the right way. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people uh, want to attain in business as right. a business owner is to be able to have a business that can run without you having to physically be there right. all the time. Right. Granted, uh, we're ones that love to be in the thick of it yeah. to make sure that everything is running operationally smoothly and yeah. all, because right. that's just our, our character, right. our style of doing business. But it's amazing to see that if you step out, you know, we both have families, you have two beautiful children, mm -hmm. Matthew and Juliet, mm -hmm. and when you go off on a trip, knowing that you, when you come back, the whole thing hasn't collapsed, right? right? It's there and it's running full speed. It might even be going yeah. at a better rate uh -huh. than how you left it for right. that week when you're on vacation. Absolutely, and I, it, it resonates with what you said for sure. Because when I leave, I, I get pretty nervous and I'm like checking in with everybody. Are you guys sure you guys get, he's like, don't worry, we'll, get, we'll hold the fort yeah. down. And you come back and everything's just still normal. I mean, obviously there's a few things that probably come up and you know, it's like every other business, but it's never as bad as you think it will be. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that I, I personally had to learn uh, yeah. to kind of just let go yeah. over time. And then when you let go, other people for some reason tend to step up and that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. That's the yeah. team aspect yeah. uh, of it. That is awesome, Mike. Um, it, anything, when when we're looking at the uh, the scope of the business itself and the theme of the podcast is small moment, big impact. Where would you say was it when you initially started the company, or was it two years ago when the uh, patent expired for Moist and I? Where would where would you say that small moment that led to the big impact in your business today? Hit that's you with a, a hard question. question. Yeah, that's a great question. There, um, I started dabbling with uh, internet sales via eBay. That's, okay. that's how, how it really started. Um, our, our business was kind of slowing down when we had a brick and mortar store. And I knew that there was something online that's going on a lot. I mean, I was buying stuff online, so why aren't I selling, you know. And I, so I, I started posting uh, pieces of jewelry online to see if it would sell. And it did. And it just blew my mind. And I just thought to myself, well, wait a minute, this person from New Jersey that I've never actually had to talk to ever, I never actually encountered face to face, because which is what I was used to or over the phone. They never actually made even a phone call about this piece of jewelry. All they saw was a picture description, they bought it. Now all I have to do is print the shipping label and ship it and collect the money. And I just thought to myself, whoa, there's something here. And I started posting more and more, I kept selling and selling and selling. And I just 
finally realized that that is the biggest transition in in commerce uh, in the world that either you're going to have to jump on it now or you're going to be left behind. And I would say that's probably the biggest impact because that's what transitioned all of my strategies to move everything towards com- e-commerce. Um, so, so, and, um, so I would have to say that's probably the biggest event, that first transaction that I was able to sell online. Wow. What year was this? This was in 2013. Okay. Right? So you started 12, to 13, see a decline mm-hmm. on the retail side mm-hmm. and instantly you thought of let's put it on eBay right. and let's see where this goes from here. Right. And now you've transitioned your entire business. Yeah. Um, I, I remember you used to be in the building where Club Autosport right. uh, was and the beautiful space mm-hmm. over there too. And now how many times have you moved since then? So we moved, uh, well, we were in Club Autosport. We were in one of the units and then we, moved, we had two units in there. And then we ended up moving, uh, we had a third unit, which is down the street from there. And then I basically said, okay, well, enough of these little units, let's consolidate into a bigger building so we can all sit together. Uh, and then that's when we moved out to the fourth location. Yeah, so you've moved four times to transition your business to become full e-commerce. Right. Yeah, I remember walking into your office because I have to tell our viewers here, I've always wanted to do a podcast. It's been on my mind for two years. And one day, Mike reaches out and says, hey, Mike, I'd like you to be on my podcast. I said, heck yeah. I entered into his building, saw CJ and his guys. They had their all their whole setup and everything. It was just amazing. That night I went home, ordered all the podcast <laughs> stuff, read a few blogs, talked to my team about where should we buy these uh, these cameras, whatever it may be, and just launched this initiative. Right. So you were a true big inspiration uh, to me and our team hey, launching uh, the podcast itself. And I remember walking to your office and I see that you have a bullpen where it's just computers and employees and everybody's sitting there on their headsets and they're working. So that's customer service, sales, right. ordering. And uh, you had shared something with me when we we're on, uh, when I was on your podcast about CAD and drawing. So you also handled the, uh, from design. cradle to the grave, the design right. work of somebody right. who has an idea right. and you're executing it for them. From beginning to end. Wow. From, from beginning to end. So uh, for example, hypothetically, let's just say you wanted to create a, a new pendant for yourself and you're into men's jewelry or something like that. And then you go into on Pinterest and you Google a few pictures and, and you figure that you want to create a motif design uh, uh, and you send me four pictures, but you want us to incorporate all four pictures into a design and, and sprinkle diamonds, moise and light and rubies on it. Let's just okay. say, for example, we could do all of that. Yeah. Best so, of both worlds, yeah. all the worlds. <laughs> yeah. So the beautiful thing about modern technology is that you don't have to settle, right? So there's a lot of uh, um, items out there that are mass manufactured and you can't pretty much get them anywhere. So it becomes a, a price point. Okay, well, who do I trust and who do I buy from? Whereas custom jewelry, it's really unique. Um, you know, you don't have to settle for what you see in the stores. You, you, you settle for what you can imagine, right? Yeah. So you, you come up with the idea and you say, this is what I want. How do you make it happen? And that's how what we do, we make it happen. So. That's a soundbite right there. Settle for what you can imagine. <laughs> Love it. Wow. So um, your small moment, just defining the uh, everything that there, uh, this modern world that we're in, right? You don't want to have that blockbuster uh, effect on you. You don't want to be ones that go out of business because you're so stuck on brick and mortar. So you made that uh, transition. Was it something? Because um, I wanted to go back to that small moment there because sure. that that's huge. And I think a lot of business owners they don't have that realization mm-hmm. when they're a, get up against the brick wall or they're kind of down in the dumps uh, thinking about, wow, why is my business not moving forward? They don't um, just think of these ideas. Was there something that inspired you uh, or that you thought of or that you saw that said, hey, I need to put this online first? Yeah, you know, I um, I don't know. It's I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And um, I've always been a type of person that worked very well under pressure. Okay. Um, so, for example, podcasts and these type of things that we do, I usually prepare very little uh, because I'm, I'm pretty good on my feet. Uh, so, so that's how I've always operated. So when, when 
during that time when my business was not doing so well, naturally that gear kicked in. Um, so what typically happens in my mind anyway is that usually when I work under pressure, my creativity is at a high level. Uh, so you come up with ideas, implement, ideas, implement, ideas, implement, because you don't know what's going to work until you start integrating it. Um, so what happened during that time was I remember this one guy that was next door to me. He, he, says, he has a small little shop, right? Uh, and then the building, uh, we used to have another building down the street as well, and, uh, or in another building, um, and this guy, he has this small little store, but behind that store is this warehouse. And every single day, I would see the FedEx guy would come and pick up hundreds and hundreds of these boards of computer chips out of his warehouse. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, you know, it looks kind of sketchy. Like, is he, is he buying stuff from the black market? And, you know, like, what is this guy doing, yeah. right? And, but he's a smoker. He would always go outside and smoke. So one time I was just standing out there just thinking like how to improve my business or whatnot. And, you know, I was just starting off. And I just looked and I just said, hey, what do you guys do? He's like, oh, I sell computer parts. I'm like, oh, really? And like, well, I don't see any, anyone coming in and out of your store. He's like, oh, no, we, we do everything online. And I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, how do you do that? And he goes, eBay. And then I said, eBay. And then he's like, does it, I was like, does it work? He's like, try it. That's all he said. He didn't, he didn't want to say any more, any less. He said, try it. And then so during that time when I was trying to figure things out, I was like, why not try it? Like that just came to my mind. This guy is selling hundreds of products, thousands of products every single day out of his warehouse, a little warehouse, right? And, um, and yeah, I, I drove by the other day and I still saw him there. So he's, I guess business is still good you're for still him. You're still good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you said that you work well under pressure. Mike, you're like a diamond because diamonds are created <laughs> under pressure. Uh, uh, <laughs> You've been waiting for that. Uh, uh, You've been waiting for it's been on my mind as soon as you said that like everybody's all laughing here i've been waiting for that one liner oh to throw out there uh, so with that there's uh, one thing you gotta know i love dad jokes and yeah. i love puns yeah. <laughs> that was a good one but uh, i i would have to say i really really appreciate uh, you coming on to the show today and our podcast because i feel as though i've learned so much about the jewelry space uh, diamonds, whether they're lab created or whether they're natural and just the distinctions between it and now learning about a whole new category, which is moissanite, uh, to where I'm even interested in taking a look further, right? Because online you see and you hear so many different things. So thank you for sharing with me and our audience uh, about that and giving us those puns and one-liners uh, today. Uh, any last things that you'd like to share um, about anything inspirational about if anybody wanted to get uh, into business uh, itself, because our podcast is definitely geared uh, towards those who are inspired by what we do or, or what you're talking about today. Any last words that you'd like to leave? Well, that's a great question. I, I would say, first and foremost, if, if you are planning on getting into business for yourself and by yourself, you have to really look from within and, and know yourself first and uh, be very self-aware uh, on whether or not it's right for you. I think uh, in today's world, a lot of people try to jump into it because it sounds sexy and they, they think they want it, but when they get into it, uh, the pressure's too much, right? So it's never easy, but it's worth it. And that's the reason why uh, you know, people do it uh, because it's worth the end. Um, so, so if you are going to do it already and you've already decided to do it, then go at it 100%. Um, don't look back. No plan B. You know, just go at it. You're either going to fail or you're going to take it. So even if you fail, it's going to be a good lesson there go. uh, to know what not to do next time. Uh, which is basically knowing what to do next time. So, uh, so I would say that's pretty much what I would recommend. Uh, definitely analyze your own personality and figure out whether it's for you or not before wow. making that decision. That's powerful. Yep. Be very self-aware. Right. So with that, uh, thank you, Mike, so much for yeah. being on the podcast today. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Yeah.